you're listening to the GP Soccer Podcast with your host, Giovanni Puccini. Hey there, everyone. This is Giovanni Puccini, and this is the GP Soccer Podcast. Thanks so much for listening in once again here on the uh, podcast airways. Um, we've we've had a, we've done a handful of shows. It's still the show is still in its infancy, but the feedback, nonetheless, has has been very good. Uh, let's hope it stays that way. Uh, I do I do look forward to uh, the type of feedback I get via social media. Um, to that end, I'm going to kind of announce kind of a new layer to the program, and that's the GP Soccer Mailbag. Uh, for the very simple reason, I'd love to hear what you think about the show. You want to offer some feedback. You have some opinions uh, on what was discussed on the show, uh, issues that you think I should talk about in future shows. All of it is accepted. Now, the only rule, the only rule is that you are to be civil. You are to be civil. Certainly in this day and age, I'm not going to get into politics. I could, but I'm not going to get into politics. Civility needs to be the cornerstone of all types of conversations and discourse. So if you offer something about GP Soccer Podcast or any of the issues, um, right, wrong, or somewhere in the middle, uh, just make sure your comments are civil and they are worthy of uh, being broadcast on the air. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about them, certainly. And um, it's great to have other people's opinions and thoughts uh, about the game of soccer from, from the youngest all the way up to the oldest. Um, we're certainly in a, a phase right now uh, being rather timely here with the podcast. We're in the midst of uh, the U.S. women's uh, national team uh, match today, which we'll kind of get into in the early phase of the show here. But the Women's World Cup uh, is certainly uh, uh, on, on top of uh, the list, so to speak, relative to, relative to uh, tournaments. We have the U.S. men's uh, U-20s, which the unfortunately U.S. men uh, bowed out very recently. Uh, and we have the upcoming CONCACAF Gold Cup for our, our full U.S. men's national team. So there's a lot of soccer uh, out there for you know, for viewing and listening and all, and all that kind of stuff. So let's talk a little bit about what happened today. Now, if you didn't see the United States opening game against Thailand, I don't know if I should say, well, you didn't miss much, or I could say, well, you missed a whole lot. Uh, you know, spoiler alert here, if you haven't seen the game, you know, Shut off the podcast or fast forward, um, but the United States opened the their their uh, title defense today against Thailand, and the final score was uh, not even close, ladies and gentlemen, thirteen to nothing. They they broke a World Cup record for the number of goals scored in a World Cup women's World Cup match. Um, Alex Morgan was on fire today. She banged out uh, five goals. Uh, Rose Lavelle had a couple. Uh, Lindsay Horan had had one. Our very own local Sam Mewis uh, from here in Massachusetts had a pair of goals. Megan Rapone, uh, Rapone um, had a goal. Mallory Pugh and uh, Carly Lloyd uh, had a had a goal in injury time. Again, the match obviously wasn't even close. The United States outshot Thailand forty to two, twenty which were on target. They had a seventy three percent possession uh, rate versus twenty seven from Thailand. Six hundred and forty nine passes by the United States uh, with an 83% pass accuracy. Now, now let me just say, it's Thailand. No disrespect to Thailand. None. Zero. Uh, they were certainly good enough to have qualified for the World Cup, uh, and they're on the world stage, and they're, they're here to play. 
but obviously, very obviously, there's a significant disparity, uh, not only in the in the game today, but in in terms of the program o- overall. This this particular scoreline speaks volumes about the disparity of where the game is here in this country for our women versus where it is in Thailand, in a lot of countries like like that. So I guess the scoreline is is certainly indicative of that. Um, but it was just an absolute rout. Um, you know, despite that, I mean, it's the United States women are. are are so impressive to watch. Uh, they they have it all covered in terms of uh, from their technical ability, um, you know, tactical awareness, the movement of the ball, uh, knowing where uh, their teammates are, both within the immediate vicinity of the ball, intermediate areas, uh, where their where their teammates are on on other sides of the field. Uh, it's it's an absolute joy to watch these these women play the game. Uh, arguably, this is my own opinion. Arguably, they're better to watch to watch than than our men's national team. Um, they've got it down, and they are certainly le- uh, light years ahead of where our, our men are at, um, relatively speaking. Relatively speaking. So let's dive into something that's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit deeper, so to speak. And and, and sometimes, sometimes, maybe many times, comes up uh, in sports. But we'll stick to soccer here, and that's when you have a game of of, of this type of disparity. Again, thirteen to nothing today with the United States over Thailand in the Women's World Cup. Um, and, and it poses the question, and I, and I threw it on social media, and I, I, I've got a handful of responses, but I want to kind of rehash it today. So 13-0 or a similar score, whether it's American football or, you, you know, your baseball, hockey, whatever, whatever the, the, the sport happens to be, you're, you're blowing out the other team. Do you keep the foot on the pedal like the U.S. did today, or do you back off? Uh, at the end of the match, if you watch the post-game comments, uh, uh, Rob Stone and Alexi Lalas kind of went back and forth a little bit. Rob Stone was of the opinion that, you know what, Jeepers, you're up. You're up significantly. The game is in hand. Back it off. Knock some balls around uh, and, and not run up the score. Whereas Alexi Lalas, uh, I, I guess uh, no surprise here, no way. You play. Uh, and the rest of the panel kind of agree with Alexi uh, about you know you you don't take the foot off the pedal and, and honestly, I'm of that uh, that opinion. Do not take the foot off the pedal. Um, when I coached, I, and I've been on both sides of these scores, you know, never in the teens, thank goodness, in terms of the the, the receiving end. Uh, but I remember one game in my first year of, of college soccer many many years ago where where we lost twelve nil, and that that game still sticks in my head. But fortunately for, for me, uh, the predominance of games I was in in terms of lopsided, I, I had I had some very strong teams over the years, and yeah, we you know we we dished it out, uh, we dished it out, and, and I had a couple of games where yes, indeed it was in the teens, and I can recall, and I guess this is indicative of, of environments you know in any sport of uh, from folks in the crowd, obviously from the other team, saying I had no class, you have no class, coach, um, and my response, uh, and it came up today was I showed your team complete class. I showed your team complete respect. What does that mean? That means that when I was preparing my team for a game, and I'm in the United States, is no different today uh, against Thailand, I would spend 
in an ordinate amount of time, preparing for, for, for your team, preparing for the match. I would scout. I would prepare my team uh, uh, with scouting reports. We'd get on the field. we train. I would make sure they were in the right state of mind psychologically. I would ensure that uh, my athletes always remembered that when that whistle blew, that you, you gave it your all. You gave it your all. And never once did you ever walk off the field thinking like, well, I, you know, I, I gave 75% you know, in that game or 60% on that run. No, you, you gave it your all. You gave it your all. You give the opposition complete respect by preparing accordingly, by playing at a good level. And at the end of the day, you go over and you shake hands. And, and that's that. Because I'll tell you, Thailand today and, and teams like Thailand, no matter what the sport or what the level, they're giving you their best too. They're out there, you know, trying their hardest to score a goal or win the game or or, or win some type of battle uh, during the course of the game. So it's a battle of, you know, giving your best. And sometimes the disparity in best is 13 to nothing. So be it. So be it. So, you know, when you think, you know, you're, you know, you're watching your team play and they're on the receiving end of this and you think the the coach on the other side is quote unquote running it up and he or she has no class. You need to rethink that mindset. No, they're offering complete class. They're offering you complete respect because they're giving you their all. That's how I coached. Um, and I think it's uh, an appropriate way to, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to manage games like this. Um, you know, there are implications here. And when you have tournaments of goal differentials, I, I think 13 is a pretty good start. It allows for a pretty good pad in terms of the, you know, uh, plus and minus uh, uh, that sometimes it's necessary to to discern, uh, you know, which team goes forward. Um, so there are those kind of implications. Um, you know, I think the United States is, is fairly safe in terms of, of getting out of its group. Um, but nonetheless, when you're on in, in these types of games, you, you play and you, and, and you absolutely do your best. You give your best. And when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, you go over, you shake the opposition's hands. If you watch the game today, uh, U.S.-Thailand, uh, it was really impressive to watch the U.S. women go over to the, to the Thai players and shake hands and hug uh, and offer words of encouragement um, to the Thai players and, and – uh, you know, try to make them try to make them feel good. And I'm sure the conversations went, you know, you'll get there. You, you really worked hard today. You know, keep at it. Don't give up. Um, those are the types of things I would say to an opposing coach when I was on the end of, you know, of, of dishing out uh, a lot of goals. You know, hang in there. You know, you'll get better. Work at it. Um, you know, keep up the good fight. Uh, that was a very impressive thing uh, to watch. So, you know, if you've got a young player, you've got a young lady who's, who's, uh, you know, looking to the U S national team, women's national team, uh, for role models and, and how to play. I mean, this, this, this team, this group of, of women are arguably, arguably uh, amongst the best, maybe the best collection of women's soccer players we've seen in a generation. Um, but when they watch the game and they'll get caught, Oh, geez, it's, it's one, nothing. It's two, nothing. It's five, nothing. It's 12, nothing. It's 13, nothing. You have to catch them and, and get them to understand that. No, you know, yeah, they scored a lot of goals, but they went out there and they played, they played hard, they played smart and they gave their best to the opposition. And at the end of the game, Hey, watch what the U S women do. They go over to the tie and they shake hands and they give them a hug and they offer words of encouragement. Those are very valuable lessons that you can share with your young young daughter, or or, or if you if you coach a, a youth girls team, uh, something that, that they can they can learn from they can learn from. But if you just get caught up with the 
the you know the goal scoring barrage and you kind of leave it at that it could be a missed opportunity and it's a and it's an opportunity to to teach the young ladies that you know sometimes you're on the on the end of scoring 13 but you know what ladies um you're on the other end you you know you've given up 13 and there are lessons to be learned about scoring 13 or giving up 13 and those have to be teachable moments because i've said it before and i'll, I'll always say it say it soccer or sports is a mechanism, is a tool by which we teach our young people about life, about life. Yes, we want to develop players. Yes, we want to we want to develop quality teams. Yes, we want to win games. That's all good. That's all healthy. That's that. Those are things that, that we want in all sports. But we do our players a gross disservice if if we don't along the way teach them about life and soccer is that tool because there are going to be days when they're adults and they go off there in the real world and they have a they have a lousy day uh and they're on the receiving end of a 13 to nothing score out there in 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 the work world it happens and sometimes sometimes you're up you have a great day or a great week a great month a great year uh and you're on the plus side of the of the 13 but nonetheless either side make sure that we teach keyword there folks teach our young athletes, the importance of these types of games, both the the 13 side uh, and then giving up on the 13 side. Um, So not every game is going to be uh, this easy for the U.S. women. Uh, There'll be be certainly more challenges, but uh, they are very, very, very impressive. Um, Shout out once again to Samantha Mewis. Uh, Her dad, Bob, uh, and I played many years ago when when Bob and I were much younger, had more hair, and we were far more uh, fast and nimble on the soccer field than I dare say we are now. So, Bobby, I don't know if you're out there listening. Congrats to you and your and your and your wife uh, and your daughters for 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 playing a great game. And Samantha today for for banging in two goals uh, for the United States of America. Uh, you should be very proud. I'm, I'm proud to, uh, to to have watched her play from as a someone from uh, Massachusetts. So as I'm I'm commenting here. Uh, I've got my social media uh, going here, and I, like I said, I threw out the, you know, the idea: do you, uh, you, do you take your foot off the gas, or, you know, do you uh, back off a little bit? Uh, I'm of the mindset: you don't, you don't take your foot off the gas; you keep going, and uh, when it's over, it's over. Uh, some of my colleagues and friends here don't agree, and uh, a couple are haven't made a, haven't made an opinion, but. Anyways, um, so while we're talking about the Women's World Cup, let's let's uh, take a, a bit of an overview of the of the tournament and uh, some of the contending teams, shall we say? Um, we've got some we've got some rookies uh, in the World Cup. We've got four t- four countries uh, that are making their debut: Jamaica, Scotland, Chile, South Africa uh, are, are making their Women's World Cup debut, and seven teams that we'll, we'll call. Uh, uh, veterans, because they've been in all all uh, seven, I believe, seven World Cups since the tournament kicked off in 1991. You have it, the United States, obviously, Sweden, Norway, Nigeria, Brazil, Japan, and uh, Germany. Those are the the veterans we'll call. It's always nice to talk about, or not a nice, but it's always interesting interesting to talk about the uh, so called group of death, and it could very well come from the uh, group B where. You've got China, you've got Germany, Spain. You know they're all they're all in a position to to go on to uh, the elimination rounds, and um, that that arguably could be the the, the group of death. Um, 
So let's take a look at some of the contenders. And, and we touched upon the United States. They they arguably are, you know, they're, they're loaded. Um, they're loaded. You have Alyssa Nair, who is um, making her, her World Cup debut. Uh, it is not Hope Solo. Um, so we have we have an, a new uh, a new person in goal, but you know uh, she's got a, a wonderful cast of characters in uh, in front of her. Uh, you've got a defense with like you know Becky Sauerbrunn and Kelly O'Hara, uh, who I was impressed they were Crystal Dunn again. It was Thailand, I get it, but uh, I saw some terrific dynamic stuff from from Crystal Dunn today. Uh, you know Julie Ertz in the midfield. Um, you know Samantha Muse, which we spoke about earlier. Um, you know Lindsey Horan. These these are d- dynamic dynamic midfield players. And up front, um, the United States is just downright scary. They're just downright scary. Um, you know, the veteran Carly Lloyd, um, when you see a Carly Lloyd being able to come on the field and, and be dangerous, you, you know the offense for the United States of America is pretty daunting. Uh, Megan Rapinoe, uh, Alex Morgan, who banged in five goals today, um, this is, these, are, these are terrific attacking player. Kristen Press, uh, Tobin Heath, these, these are all wonderful, dangerous uh, attacking players. Um, you know, arguably, player for player, any eleven of those players out there are, are, will be very, very, very difficult to stop. And you've got to say, the United States of America are the odds-on favorite to win um, uh, this year's World Cup. Um, let's take a look at some of some other teams here. England, uh, they they they're a pretty stingy defensive team. They're ranked third in the world. Um, they won the 2019 She Believes Cup, and uh, they allowed only three goals um, in as many games. Yeah, three and three. Um, they're pretty impressive. Uh, they outscored their opponents 28 to one uh, in that tournament. Um, backs like Lucy Bronze, Steph Houghton, um, they're they're pretty solid uh, solid in the back. Uh, goal scorers Nikita Paris, uh, Tony Duggan. Those are two two players that are worth watching in terms of their attack. Um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how, how if indeed the, the, the two teams collide, if you will, in the United States and England. You've got a, an offensive powerhouse in the United States and a stingy defense in England. Uh, but England is certainly a team that needs to be watched. Germany, um, you know, they've, they've struggled a, a little bit, um, but they've rebounded really, really well. Uh, they've captured another European championship. Um, and they have a new coach in Martina Voss-Tecklenburg. Um, and they're the world's second-ranked team. Uh, and, and when I say a little bit of a dip, a dip is a relative term. Um, but they're loaded with with some terrific uh, weapons as well up front. You know, Zenever, Madison, Alexander Pop. Uh, these are two two players who you know could, could put the ball in the back of the net. Take a look at Japan. You know, Japan is always a dynamic team to watch. Uh, they have such a uh, have great speed and they have uh, great technical ability. Um, they're led by a, a World Cup veteran, uh, Mizuno Sagaguchi. Uh, she's in her third World Cup at the uh, ripe age of 31 years old. Um, but she has 29 goals and 124 international appearances and uh, you know, certainly someone to watch for, for Japan. And you always have to talk about the host nation, this being France. Um, you know, no matter where the host country happens to be, you're, you're, you're on the world stage and there's an expectation uh, for, for any team, whether it's the Men's World Cup, you know, Women's World Cup, uh, if you're the host nation, um, you know you're 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 looked upon to, to to make to make some waves, so to speak. But you know you know France is looking to trying to shake off some some you know, uh, disappointing uh, results. Um, you know in the World Cup they had a, a fifth place finish in 2015, um, and, and they're hoping they could they could rebound here in 2019 and, and put on a 
uh, a good performance uh, for the home crowd. Um, you know, all in all, you're going to see some terrific soccer, some absolutely terrific soccer, and, and it's and it's must watch. Um, to that end, in terms of must watch, you know, we we as soccer people. Uh, need to do a better job in supporting our game. We have to make sure that when, when games are on, we watch them. We want to make sure that the ratings are always up, uh, which draws um, uh, advertisers and it draws ratings and it draws attention from our media. Um, we're still looking to a certain degree. We, we've come a long way. Don't get me wrong. I've been around long enough to know that we have made uh, tremendous strides in this particular area. But, you know, we talk about soccer or soccer gets on the headlines when these when these world championships, um, you know, are, are in play. Again, we're in the midst of the women's women's World Cup. And when the and when the men's World Cup, uh, you know, is is on, you know, we talk about soccer. Um, sadly, when the men don't make it, um, you know, we, we don't get the same type of attention in the media that we would if indeed the, the men do make it. And, and very sadly, very sadly, uh, disturbingly, uh, you know, it's it's the men's team that, you know, that drives up rating and drives attention and drives media uh, commentary, even from the, you know, the, the the sports radio where they just talk about football, basketball, baseball and hockey. And they think that's the only four sports on the planet. Uh, and then they kind of feel compelled. They have to talk about, uh, you know, soccer. But it's when the men are playing. Um <laughs> That's something that's got to change. That's something that's got to change. Uh, we, we're still, and again, this is not a political show, although I could go down that path. It's not a political show, but we're still on a, a path, so to speak, a journey, so to speak, where, you know, it's the men driving uh, in soccer. It's the men driving conversations, the men driving ratings. It's the men driving advertising. It's the men driving, um, you know, the sports radio with the, with the, Again, the, the the four quote unquote major sports as the uh, preeminent conversation. Uh, but when the win women are playing, which they are now, yeah, we talk about it. Yeah, uh, it's out there, but it's not the same, uh, and that is uh, disturbing. And that is something that has to change. And that's part of a broader, larger conversation uh, relative to uh, women's sports and women in our society. That's our, that's my commentary for the day, folks. My political commentary, but uh, it is it is the truth. We've come a long way, uh, and I say we uh, in the women's game and women's sports. We have come a long, long way. Certainly in my lifetime, uh, as a, as a former athlete and as a coach, uh, I can tell you firsthand that we've made tremendous strides. But it's the year 2019, not 1945. 2019, and we should be uh, light years ahead. Light years ahead. Uh, in terms of how we uh, how we how we uh, perceive and follow and support uh, women's sports, not just soccer, but women's sports, uh, you know, versus the men, um, it's long, long overdue, and it it takes one person at a time, each and every one of you, within the sound of my voice, all millions of you, millions of you, uh, put the TV on. Uh, if you do call sports radio. You, you pick up the phone, you call sports radio, you want to talk about the Women's World Cup. You may get some pushback on the receiving receiving end, uh, but you push you push back harder. I live here in Boston, and we all know uh, Boston, we are we are spoiled rotten. We are, it's an embarrassment of riches relative to uh, the, the, the number of uh, championships uh, we've won. Being timely here, um, you know, we've got the Bruins playing uh, tomorrow night against St. Louis for Game 7 of the, of the Stanley Cup, and uh, it could be a, another championship. Line up the duck boats. Line up the duck boats. Um, we we are have an embarrassment of riches. So you know when you get to sports radio, sports radio is going to be reflective of those four 
quote unquote major sports. And it always makes me crazy when I hear those folks on, on, on talk radio talk about, well, the four major sports, um, we need to push back. You need to call in. Um, you can write letters to the editor in your local newspaper, or certainly social media uh, is an extraordinarily powerful tool to get the word out regarding uh, women's sports and, and now with, with, with Women's World Cup. But if we just sit by and, and, and enjoy the game as, as soccer fans and we, we only talk amongst those like us, nothing's going to change or very little will change. We've got to shake things up. And shaking things up means, like I said, calling in sports radio, writing in, getting out on on on, uh, on social media, and, and getting the, the you know the casual sports fan uh, to want to watch the World Cup and watch soccer. Uh, I, I firmly believe, and I'm obviously partial on the soccer guy, but I firmly believe that if you get this the sports fan, the sports fan to watch a, a, a game of these ma- of this magnitude, the World Cup or the Concacaf Gold Cup or the Men's World Cup or uh, you know, the, the EPL, Serie A, Bundesliga, they're going to find something there that they're going to find appealing. There's offense, there's defense, there's transition. Uh, it's a physical game. It can be a fast-paced game. It can be a chess match, uh, like like many, many other sports. So, uh, you know, we need to get the, the casual sports fans to, to uh, you know, to support the game of soccer. But circling back, um, we need to do a better job uh, with our Women's World Cup. So that's a bit of a a, a brief overview, a beef, a, a, a brief beef, brief address uh, of the women's game. Today's game, uh, thirteen to nothing uh, over Thailand. The the deeper, I guess, conversation about you know um, running up the score. I even hate to use that term, running up the score. You just you just scored thirteen goals, um, and then you know what's it like to be on the receiving end, uh, and what that really means. Uh, to the players who are scoring the 13 goals and the players who are receiving the 13 goals and to those who are watching it um, and the importance of making that a, a teachable moment for our, our, our young, our young athletes. So, so with that said, we're going to break for a commercial message. And uh, on the other side of that commercial, we're going to find out who's offside today, who's offside. So don't go anywhere. All right. We'll be right back. Uh, after this commercial message, stay right where you are. The GP Soccer Podcast is brought to you by GP Soccer, your one-stop shopping for coach, player, goalkeeper, and organizational development. Contact GP Soccer for private and small group training, as well as guest speaking for your organization's special events. Are you a DOC or an administrator in a youth soccer organization? Do you wish to ensure that you and your organization are operating at its very best? To answer that important question, rely on GP Soccer Consulting. Through objective and thorough analysis, GP Soccer can assess these areas of your organization. Player development, coaching development and education, goalkeeper development, organizational infrastructure, and implementation of best practices. GP Soccer is owned and operated by Giovanni Piccini an elite United Soccer Coaches master coach who also serves as a member of its national staff and national goalkeeper staff. In addition, Piccini is a USYS East Region staff coach as well as an ODP staff coach for New Hampshire North. With an extensive background in education, business, and soccer coaching, Giovanni is your go-to resource for the best in all aspects related to the game of soccer. Contact GP Soccer at 617 968 
1800 or via email at gp4soccer, that's the number 4, at yahoo.com. And be sure to visit the GP Soccer website at gp-soccer.com. And welcome back to the GP Soccer Podcast. My name is Giovanni Pacini. Um, so this is the segment of the show. We talk about uh, who or what is offside. And we're going to have two today. We're going to have two. Uh, one is a, a late addition. The first offside is on me. I'm offside. Uh, as, as I was going through the uh, descriptions of the uh, favorite teams or the stronger teams uh, in this uh, year's Women's World Cup, I talked about uh, England and uh, uh, the She Believes Cup, and they they, they played uh, I think it was three games in them. And I said they had uh, you know outscored their opponents twenty eight to one. That's pretty that's pretty amazing in three games, but that was a little inaccurate. Uh, that was during their World Cup qualifying. They scored outscored their opponents. 28 to 1. So the first offside is on yours truly. Uh, thank goodness I caught myself. But the second offside uh, is on sports radio. Sports radio. Sports radio in general. As I talked about earlier in the show, and particularly here in Boston, because this is where I'm situated, and I and I, I listen to sports radio, we hear constantly football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and not much else. Occasionally, you might get a little golf action if it's a major tournament. Uh, it's the Masters or something like that. But sports radio is offside. It's really not sports radio now, is it? It's football, basketball, baseball, hockey radio with a sprinkling of, oh, maybe some other sports when it's timely to talk about uh, those types of sports, whether it's the Masters or the Kentucky Derby or the Preakness or something, anything like that. So sports radio is offside. They need to, just to stop calling themselves that. But again, to circle back on previous comments, it is up to us members of the soccer community, to change that dynamic, to call in and force them to talk about soccer. And they won't talk about soccer unless they're forced to, unless they're forced to. So who's offside? Sports radio is offside because they're not sports radio. They are football, basketball, baseball, hockey radio, and nothing else, or rarely something else. Let's change that dynamic. Listen, Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, this has been a boatload of fun. Um, as I always say, if you like what you heard today, tell everyone. And if not, well, tell everyone anyway. Listen, if you'd like to advertise on the GP Soccer Podcast, you can contact me, Giovanni Pacini. Uh, contact me at 617-968-1800 or via email at GP4, that's the number four, soccer at yahoo.com. So this is Giovanni Pacini. And I'll catch you later.